Amen. Well, again, I want to say good morning, and I want to say a particular welcome to those of you who are guests with us today. Uh, first time, first time in a long time. Thanks much for you're joining us here in person or online for the first time, first time in a long time. We are delighted that you're joining us, uh, and what we're all about here is really simple, uh, connect people to God, to each other, so together we can engage our world for good uh, wherever you are. We hope you experience a little bit of all those things here this morning. This is uh, week four of our series on the Holy Spirit. If you're new to faith, new to Christianity, uh, what we're talking about is that what God promises us in the scriptures is that when we trust in Jesus, he pours his Holy Spirit into us. The way that Jesus talks about it, it's like one of the greatest gifts God could possibly ever give us. But many of us have no idea who the Holy Spirit is. Like how to live in step with the Spirit, how to be in step with the Spirit. And so we're spending a handful of weeks just trying to get a little bit of get-to-know-you work around the Holy Spirit, how to enter in to the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, Scriptures declare, is God's active presence right here on the earth, a way that, the way that God connects with humans in real life and in real time. Now, today we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to create a different kind of a space. Uh, and if you're new, this is going to be a little bit different, but hopefully you'll get a hold of it and it'll be a good experience for all of us. We're going to look at a passage where Jesus invites us to ask God for the Holy Spirit. I'm going to talk about it for about 15 minutes, and then we're going to do it. We're actually going to talk about it. We're actually going to do it. We're going to spend some time in the space asking the Father to give us the Holy Spirit. That might be a first ever experience for you, like you've never experienced God, never had an experience of God. So glad that you're here. It might be more like a fresh filling of the Spirit, a new work of the Spirit. It might be something that you need the Holy Spirit to do in your life, or a way that you would long for the Holy Spirit to move in your life. We're going to spend some time in prayer asking the Father to give us the Holy Spirit. And it, this could, again, this could play out any number of ways uh, as we engage with this to maybe uh, address challenges. Maybe you've got medical issues today, financial issues, marriage issues, family issues. It could be you're dealing with nagging kind of guilt and shame, voices that just won't turn off. Or maybe there's new opportunities ahead, new challenges ahead, and you need a fresh work of the Spirit to give you wisdom and strength and courage for that road ahead. So we're going we're gonna to create a different kind of space today. And as Jaime and I have been talking about this uh, all, all week long, uh, he quoted a, a mentor of his who talked about sort of a prayer for the Holy Spirit. And he said, we're going to be expectant without an agenda. Expectant without an agenda. Expectant meaning that, hey, if, if Jesus says we should ask for the Holy Spirit and says that God loves to give the Holy Spirit, we should be expectant that he's going to do it. But we do that without an agenda. Now, this is very hard because I like my agendas for God. I'm very good at them. I have, a, I have a lot of things. I can tell God what I'd love for him to do. I have a very, very long list of things I would love to see God to do. I can spell out for him in exquisite detail how I'd like for him to move. And so what we're going to do today, and that's all part of it, right? That's all part of it. We're going to invite you to bring to the Lord, to, to bring to the Holy Spirit the, thing, the places where you want the Spirit to move. So that's all important because God says he wants to hear your heart. He wants to hear your heart. So yeah, that's going to be all part of it. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to submit our requests to God in the fullest sense of the word. Submission, right? As in, here's what I would love, God, and I trust that you are good. You are good. Oh, yes, you're good. So I'm going to leave that at your feet and just believe it. Just believe that you're good and that you're going to do a good thing. Even if, that, even if that good thing is not exactly my good thing that I would like or want, I trust that whatever you do is going to be good. So we're going to be praying those kinds of prayers in just a few minutes. 
And we're super excited about that. Every Sunday we come in here needing the Holy Spirit to move and to work, right? Every Sunday we need that. But today, in a particular way, we're going to invite the whole community to kind of lean in. And we're going to, as we ask for the Holy Spirit, and we're going to do that in response to Jesus' teachings, Jesus' commands in Luke chapter 11. So if you've got a Bible, you can turn with me to Luke chapter 11. If you're new to the Bible, so glad you're here, four biographies of Jesus. Luke is one of the four. And in Luke chapter 11, we're right in the thick of it, right in the thick of sort of Jesus' life and teaching and ministry. And in Luke 11, Jesus has this great interaction with his disciples that we're going to pick up on starting in verse 1. It says this. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. All right, so John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin, and, 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 and several of Jesus' current disciples used to be John's disciples, and they kind of jumped ship and joined Jesus when they saw him. And so John's disciples have taught his disciples to pray, and so Jesus, they, they go to Jesus and say, Jesus, teach us to pray, just like John did. Now, Jesus then launches into a Cliff's Notes version of what we call the Lord's Prayer, right? A shorter version. Now, it's likely that Jesus taught on this prayer multiple times in multiple different places. So he's giving them the short Cliff's Notes version, the condensed version of the Lord's Prayer. Here's the version of the Lord's Prayer we get here in Luke. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Now, we could talk about this prayer for like six weeks, but we're going to talk about it today for about three minutes. And what I want to do today about this prayer, just the part we're going to look on, is I want to look at the opening word. The opening word, when you pray, pray, Father. This is the opening prayer word shot heard around the world. Jesus was a good Jew. In a couple thousand years of Old Testament history, there are approximately zero prayers where God's ever addressed as Abba Father. None. He, Jesus knows this. Jesus is introducing a completely new category for how to relate to God to the whole world. Listen, everywhere around the world, even people who aren't Christians, anyone who thinks God cares about you personally, they owe it to Jesus right here, right now. This starts this. Jesus creates this whole category. Anytime someone anywhere around the world says there must be a plan, there's a reason why this is happening. It's going to work out in the end. The only way that, that that whole category got created was this prayer and this word. That there's a God who relates to you and to me as a loving, caring Abba Father. This is a whole new category creation. The goodness of God who attends to us, who cares about us, who wants to hear your concerns, who wants to attend to your wounds, who loves you. A loving, engaged Father. The Old Testament scriptures didn't quite pray this way. The pagans around Rome, they definitely didn't pray to Zeus and Artemis these ways. There's a whole different category. The insistence that you have a good Father in heaven who is for you and with you. See, my friends, here's the deal. In the Christian worldview, in the Christian worldview, the whole thing hangs together on whether or not the Father is as good as Jesus says he is. That's the whole deal. The whole deal from the Christian perspective is, is God as good as Jesus says he is? Is God the Father as consistently, wonderfully good as Jesus seems to believe that he is? So before we go any further, because this sets up the deal for the whole thing, for the whole rest of the day, the whole rest of the passage, all we're going to do this morning, here's my first question for you. How are you doing today when it comes to trusting the goodness of God? How are you doing today when it comes to actually trusting God the Father is good? Some of you, no problem. Like, you're in a great space. Like, you've already, you, maybe you've got the gift of faith. Like, God's goodness. You don't doubt it. You don't question it. You're great. Hang out for a second. I'm not talking to you anymore. The rest of you. The other 90% of us. you got stuff, right? Pain, baggage, hurts, wounds, disappointments. Places where you wanted God to do something, didn't show up. It's hard sometimes to believe that God the Father is good. 
Others of us, it's not our personal way. It's not the personal things happen to us. It's the things in the world, right? You look at Ukraine, and Ukraine is just the latest in like, you know, a centuries and centuries long of horrible, terrible things that have happened to hum- humans all over the world. Some of you feel that brokenness, feel the injustice, feel the wrongs over the globe, and you feel like, gosh, how can there be a good God when there's like all this brokenness? Or at least it casts doubt. It makes you wrestle to the core of your being. Can I trust that God is actually good? Some of you aren't like that. Some of you are just like kind of skeptical by nature. You're more careful, more scientific, maybe kind of like, I, I just don't know, or I just need more proof, I need more data. Some of you are just a little bit more like slow to believe and to trust, right? Now, listen, there's any number of reasons why you might not be sure that God the Father is as good as Jesus says he is, right? Any number of reasons, and they're all, they could be all valid reasons. Here's what I want you to do for the next 30 minutes. I want you for the next 30 minutes to believe it. For 30 minutes, 30 minutes only, I want you to go all in on Jesus is saying the truth, telling us the truth. That the Father actually is as good as he says he is. For 30 minutes, I want you to take all your doubts. They're, all, they're fine, they're good. We'll deal with those uh, after the service. For the next 30 minutes, can you just go all in on God the Father is actually as good as Jesus says he is. Faithful, loving, attentive, engaged, cares about you. He cares about you and is engaged in a part of your life. Because it's the character of that good father that Jesus is going to build out as he continues to springboard from this prayer into the rest of his teaching. So where Jesus goes from here, I'm going to kind of summarize this as a parable. He'll tell the parable of, of you. You have a friend comes to town unexpectedly. It's the middle of the night. You go to a next door neighbor's house and knock on the door. It's midnight saying, I need some bread. I had this unexpected guest. And the neighbor says, go away. I don't want to talk to you. I'm in bed. Go away. And Jesus summarizes this parable. He says, listen, he says this. I tell you, even though your next door neighbor will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, because of neighborliness, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. I want to highlight that shameless audacity. Have you ever known someone who was shamelessly audacious? I don't know, like a team that shows up on a coronation night and just destroys this other team and makes everybody real sad? Was there a game last night? Was there a game? A shamelessly audacious game? I couldn't help myself. That's good. Shameless audacity. Maybe you know someone who just has that as a character trait. Like they're just like, there's audacious, let's go after things. Or maybe you know someone who's taking a risk. Or maybe you're like married to him or her, right? The shamelessly audacious person. Maybe you're that person. Shamelessly audacious. Just persistent, bold, bold in asking, bold in going for things. Jesus says, listen. If you have a reluctant neighbor who's going to kind of get moving, right, and because of your shameless audacity, who's a little reluctant, how much more, how much more, how much more will your good father move and act on your behalf? Because he's for you and with you if you're willing to sort of ask and ask boldly. Here's how he summarizes it. He says this. These are some famous words. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit? To those who ask him. Just before Thanksgiving around here, we got the word that this building was not going to be done in time for Christmas. And they had told us it was going to be early October, right? So we were playing October. We were ready to go October. Didn't come, didn't come, didn't come. But week before Thanksgiving, they're like, it's not going to happen. There's so many things we got to do. And uh, a couple things happened. I probably said a few words I'm not supposed to say. Probably thought some things I'm not supposed to think. 
Uh, and I was not in a great headspace. And uh, so I decided this. I decided that I was going to pray and walk over the space and just ask for the Holy Spirit to open those doors for Christmas Eve. I was going to do it every day. Every day I was in town. I'm just going to keep asking, seeking, knocking. And I did that in part because Christmas Eve is like our biggest night of the year. Not just our biggest night of the year, but it's also the biggest night. People come and they stay after Christmas Eve. Like our biggest outreach night of the year, right? To have a new building and have it open. I was like, God, we need these doors to be open by Christmas Eve. I'm going to pray and pray. I was going to pray and ask and pray and ask until I couldn't pray and ask. Christmas Eve was in the rearview mirror. I was just going to keep showing up, keep asking, keep praying boldly and audaciously. And over those weeks, I mean several weeks, right? There was all kinds of ups and downs, all kinds of drama, all kinds of drama. I kept asking seeking, knocking. I was just trying to be shamelessly audacious. We were so audacious. We went ahead and sent out a mailer to thousands of people. Come join us at our new building, we hope. <laughs> Christmas Eve was on a Friday a couple months ago, right? The week before, failed a test. Monday before Christmas Eve on a Friday, failed a test. Tuesday before Christmas Eve on a Friday, failed a test. Wednesday morning, they closed Wednesday at five o'clock for the Christmas season. They're done. Wednesday night, 5 o'clock. They show up Wednesday, 9 a.m. They will not give us a certificate of occupancy. You've got eight hours, they said, before we come back, and we'll give it to you if you do these things. But if it's not ready, we're going to shut you down for Christmas Eve. Wednesday at 4.45 p.m., we got the certificate of occupancy. Friday night, we opened up the joy to the world, and that was the beautiful story of God's grace and mercy. Ask, seek, knock, boldly, shamelessly, audaciously, and see if the Lord might move and act on your behalf. The Father is good, even when we bump into challenges. The Father is good, even when we bump up against temporary setbacks and obstacles. Jesus brings those things together, right, in this kind of closing thing. He says, listen, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, is going to give him a snake instead, or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion. If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Listen, you can ask my kids. I am nothing like a good father, and they like to tell me that occasionally and remind me occasionally that I'm not quite a good father. But even I know how to give good gifts to my kids. I love it, actually. And so Jesus says this, like, hey, listen, if you know how to give good gifts to your kids, even though you're evil, ouch, Jesus, okay, but... Fair enough, I'm not perfectly oriented around God. I don't love God with all of my heart, soul, mind, strength. I don't love my neighbor always as myself. So yes, guilty, guilty. But if you then, though evils at work in you, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, how much more, how much more will your good Father in heaven pour out the Holy Spirit onto you? He made you with a Holy Spirit-shaped hole in your heart. He can't wait to fill that hole with what he designed you for, the Holy Spirit that's going to animate you. Jesus talks about a new birth, a birth in the Spirit. It's like being born biologically and then being born spiritually. That's what you're made for. The Father can't wait to pour out his Holy Spirit on you to make you come alive spiritually. God's Holy Spirit, he designed you for it. The power, the purpose, the presence of God at work in your life. The Holy Spirit is the beauty maker. The courage giver, the strength, the joy, the peace, the love of God at work in your heart. The one that gives you peace when it doesn't make sense to have peace in the midst of all kinds of challenges and circumstances. The one who gives you wisdom to navigate difficult times. The one who helps you kind of discern options. The one who teaches you what's true and right and just and merciful. And then makes you an instrument of grace and mercy wherever he might send you. The Holy Spirit is the fruit maker, the life giver. The one that causes you to be more than you would be in yourself. The one that helps you to see God more clearly and see your neighbor more clearly. And figure out what it means to be a part of God's grace at work in their lives. God can't wait to pour out that Holy Spirit into each one of us. He is a good, good Father, 
The whole universe hangs on whether or not God the Father is as good as Jesus says that he is. So here's the deal. Jesus doesn't, even just, Jesus doesn't just talk about this, right? He doesn't just talk about this. Here's what Jesus hears. At some point in his life, Jesus has a sense of what God wants him to do. He hears a call from God to lay his life down. He's, God says, if you jump up on that cross and go to the grave, I promise I will pull you out of that grave. Would you go to the cross for that promise? Would you have trusted that promise? Would you have believed that if you jumped into the grave, the Father would pick you up and pull you out? Jesus jumped. You know what the Father did? The Father came through for Jesus. And the same Father that came through for Jesus will come through for you. The same Father that came through for Jesus will come through for you. The same Father that came through for Jesus in grace and mercy and power will come through for you. That's the invitation to trust this morning. Jesus says, the Father can't wait for you to ask for the Holy Spirit. We can expect the Holy Spirit. We can't dictate what the Holy Spirit does. We gotta lay down our agendas at his feet. We can ask for the Holy Spirit and trust that the Father is good. And so in obedience to the teachings of Jesus and the invitation of Jesus, that's exactly what we're gonna do now. We're gonna, we're gonna do it in terms of a time of prayer. And this time of prayer is gonna have three movements, okay? So three movements, I'm gonna walk you through them so you have a sense of what's coming up and how it's gonna unfold. Movement number one is this gonna be simply anchoring ourselves in the goodness of the Father, right? Because the whole universe hangs or falls on whether or not the Father's as good as Jesus says he is. I'm gonna invite you to pray prayers just quietly to yourself that anchor yourselves in the Father's goodness, reciting the Father's goodness, sort of rehearsing the Father's goodness, remembering the Father's goodness. And we're gonna do that silently, kind of wherever you are. And then I'm gonna close that time, that movement, that first movement with the Lord's Prayer. We'll do the full length version. It'll be up on the screen if you don't know it. So we'll, do, we'll close that with the Lord's Prayer. Movement number two, after we get done with that, is gonna be asking for the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, the Father can't wait to give you the Holy Spirit. To those who ask, we're gonna ask. Remember, expectation without an agenda. We're gonna invite the Spirit to, to do the work and the Holy Spirit's the expert. God's the expert. We're gonna invite the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna invite you to sort of ask the Spirit maybe to work in particular areas. That's great. Do, whatever you want the Spirit to do, feel free to be bold and audacious in asking and then you sort of hold it loosely and see what the Spirit does. So that'll be movement number two. And at the end of that time, I'm gonna invite you, for anyone who wants me to join you in praying for that, to stand. And I'm just gonna pray over you wherever you are. And at home, if you're watching online, I'm gonna ask you to stand at home as well. And we're gonna stand and pray. I'm just gonna pray a blessing over you. I'm just gonna agree, just going to agree with your prayer. The Father might pour out the Holy Spirit on you. movement number two. And then movement number three. Movement number three is I'm gonna invite you to ask others to pray for the Spirit on your behalf. The scriptures say a whole lot about the privilege we have of blessing each other, praying over one another, what God does through that. So we're gonna move to a time of worship together and singing together. And as that worship and singing is happening, there'll be prayer people all around the room and uh, at home there'll be an op option for you as well. Talk to you about that in a little bit. There'll be prayer ministers all around the room and they're, they're just gonna listen to whatever you want the Spirit to do and they're just gonna pray and ask the Spirit along with you on your behalf. So that's where we're headed here today. And uh, we're gonna kind of walk through these here together first thing we're going to do is we're going to anchor ourselves in the goodness of the Father. Again, I'm going to ask you to do this quietly. And some examples of what that might look like. Father, you're good. Maybe you need to say that over and over and over again. Father, I believe that you're good. Father, I believe you're good. And I struggle to believe that you're good. But for today, for the next 10 minutes, next 15 minutes, I'm just going to believe that you're good. Maybe, Father, your peace. Father, your joy. Father, your love. Father, your grace. Father, you are mercy. Father, you are wonderful. Father, you are just and right 
and true. I wanna invite you to spend a few minutes just rehearsing the goodness of God the Father, trusting and anchoring yourselves in the goodness of the Father. And again, if that's a hard thing for you to say, you've come to the right place, I'm just gonna invite you to, you can open up with like, here's all the things I struggle, here's why I struggle to believe, but I'm gonna trust it for the next few minutes that you are Good, and then we'll, again, we'll close with a full-length version of the Lord's Prayer that will be on the screen for those of you who aren't familiar with it. We'll do debts and debtors today as, I, as we uh, pray the Lord's Prayer, the full-length version. So let me uh, open us in time of prayer, and I'm gonna invite you to sit wherever you are to kind of pray silently on the goodness of God. Good Father, you're good, and Jesus invites us to trust in your goodness. And so right where we are, we offer prayers declaring the truth of the goodness of the Father that Jesus knew. We want to know you like Jesus did. We want to trust you like Jesus did. We want to praise you like Jesus did. Take a moment to declare to God the Father his goodness. Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. take the time to say yes to Jesus' invitation, to ask for the Holy Spirit. How much more will your good Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And again, you're simply asking for the Holy Spirit to fall. Maybe there's, maybe there are some things that are coming to mind even right now. Maybe there's some darkness you're tangled up in that you need the Holy Spirit to break a chain, break a cycle, break some things that are going on. Maybe there's some pain that you're feeling, some disappointment, some heartache need the Holy Spirit to attend to you. Maybe there's some voices of shame, guilt, doubt that need the Spirit to set you free from. Maybe there's new opportunities, new challenges. You need wisdom. You need new energy, new creativity. You need new awareness. You're simply going to ask the Good Father for the Holy Spirit. Seek, ask, knock, ask shamelessly and audaciously for the Holy Spirit to come. Spend a few minutes praying. Good Father, would you pour out your Holy Spirit as we pray?
like for me to join you in praying in agreement with you for the Holy Spirit to fall in your life in a new way, in a fresh way, in a deeper way, maybe for the first time ever kind of a way. If you would like for me to join you in praying over you, I'm just going to invite you to stand here in the room or at home. I'm going to invite you to stand, and I'm just going to pray over you and with you and asking the Holy Spirit to fall with you and fall on you. invite you if you're comfortable to so just put your hands up and open the palms up at shoulder length or whatever just to open your palms and a posture of reception good father you delight to pour out the holy spirit on your children these your children have cried out to you and i say yes and amen to the god who poured out his his life for us Good Father, would you pour out your Holy Spirit on these who are standing here now, those who are staying at home in a special way, in a particular way? Would you attend to their requests? Would they continue to seek, ask, knock boldly, audaciously? Come Holy Spirit, we ask and pray. Let us clear out space in our hearts. Make room for new work of the Spirit. Come, good Father, would you be kind and generous to pour out the Holy Spirit into our lives. Fresh wind fresh fire, fresh movement, new transformation, breaking old chains, old habits, starting new things, releasing new energies, new power, new grace, new mercy, setting people free from bondage, anxiety, depression, fear, making bodies whole, fighting back sickness. Good Father, we come boldly, shamelessly, audaciously asking, seeking, knocking. Would the Holy Spirit be poured out into that spot that you created in our hearts and our minds? Would you unleash something new in us? Would you do something new in us? We are open. We are eager. We are asking. We are seeking. We are knocking. Oh, good Father, Pour out your Holy Spirit on these, your children. We pray boldly and audaciously in the name of the risen and resurrected Jesus Christ. whatever you want to do. One more prayer movement. The last thing that we're going to do, the last prayer movement of, the, of today is we're going to have people around the room, prayer ministers, who are going to be ready to pray for you. Pray for you. Pray over you. Pray with you. I'm going to ask my prayer team to go ahead and be moving. They'll be around just outside the, along the walls and some maybe front, up front here as well to be there to pray for you. In the New Testament, Paul writes to his protege, Timothy, and says, hey, I want you to fan into the flame the gift that you have through the laying on of my hands. It's just crazy that God loves to use broken people, normal people, to do spiritually wonderful, renewing things like un unleash new gifts and do new things. And so if you're here this morning and, you, and there's something that is a place where you really need the Spirit to move and you really need uh, someone to kind of jump on board with you in a more personal way, movement number three is I'm going to invite you to go get prayer. Jesus says, hey, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Wouldn't it be fantastic if the Holy Spirit was loosed in your life in a completely new way? Wouldn't that be fantastic? And so we're going to move now into singing, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. And 
You can stand, you can sit, you can sing, but I really want to invite you, if you're at all open, if at all, if there's any kind of prompting at all, to go around the room and find someone to just share briefly what you love prayer for, and then let them pray over you and for you and with you. This isn't magic. We're not doing anything crazy. We're just simply coming on board with what the Father's doing, what the Spirit's doing. Say yes and amen to your desire, to the Holy Spirit doing something new, releasing a new life, new energy into your life. So let me pray for us. And then we'll move to the song, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. And then invite you to go and get prayer. Go get prayer. Don't let anything keep you from going to get prayer and seeing what God might do with that simple, beautiful request. Let me pray for us. Well, good Father, we've anchored ourselves in your goodness. We have asked for ourselves, for a new movement of the Spirit, for a fresh filling of the Spirit, for the Spirit to do something, grow something new. And now... Lord Jesus, would you give us courage to continue asking, to ask others to ask on our behalf, to be a part of this great work of asking and seeking and knocking on each other's behalf. Come, Lord Jesus, we pray that you would help us to enter in, to be aware of the, of the invitation to receive the Spirit through the gifting of other people and the praying of other people. Lord, would you come. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Holy Spirit, we continue to welcome you here. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.